Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Um, boys, put down your utensils. I want to talk to you about something real quick. If there's anything that you want to talk about, any kind of secrets, now's the time to put it on the table, okay? And if you tell me, we're not going to be mad. This is Dirt and Sprague. I went to the petting zoo and I I let the goat like my baby. No, honey. Promise you wouldn't get mad, okay? They're just, they're being honest. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. One time I put a firefly on my butt. Why? To make my farts glow. Oh, God. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. I touched myself to Drew Perry on the past right? God. Okay, that's enough. Stop, please. The Fan. Let me tell you what I want to do. I still can't believe that's an open. It's my all-time masterpiece. It's the best thing I've ever done on this stupid show. I just can't believe our boss has never been like, that's a problem right there. I made one one time from a Dumb and Dumber 2 fart scene. Yeah, you had to you had to delete it and, and that take one, it out of the system. Yeah, that one got the kibosh. The farting, not acceptable. The touching of self, absolutely A-OK, I guess. I mean, it's Drew Carey. It's delightful. Well, it's the human body. What can you do? Obviously, you got to touch it. It's there. It's right. How do you not? Uh, we have a lot to get to here in the uh, the old second hour of the radio program, as Dan Landing would say. Uh, the new t- uh, fan text line is 503-864-6326. So you can let all your uh, takes and disagreements and hatred of one, if not both of us. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, we are. We never hide that fact, but we still share what we think about different things in sports and in life. Um, we got Sandus Findiari. Uh, he covers the Warriors, so he'll join us at 8.30. So the Daily Ticker at 7.30 will not be at its usual time. And I don't know if I'll get to it. Maybe Dirt will. We'll see what happens here. Uh, but something happened yesterday. A statement was released, and I, I chuckled for a good 10 minutes. Ridiculous. Okay. Absolutely stupid. Statements. Uh, we're getting angry at statements? No, I, it's not anger. It's, okay. it's more stupidity hmm. and just full of it. Absolutely full of it. Okay. I'll tell you what that is. But we were talking about the Blazers. They win last night. They beat the Lakers. Um, you know, I, I may have said this yesterday. I hate doing that, doing the say it twice, back-to-back days, but I'll say it again. I, I just look at the roster. I look at the schedule. I, I know Dame can kind of change the wins and loss results. I just don't view this team as very good. Last night was fun, mm-hmm. and I don't expect Matisse Seibel to hit four threes. I would some point I expect him to drop back uh, back down to the low 30s but like it's fun and we get shadens he's getting a lot of playing time now we get to see what cam reddish is what matisse thibault is going to be eventually yusuf nurkic will come back and we'll begrudgingly have to watch him play basketball <laughs> um but joe mentioned in his press conference the idea that they might not they might be tanking again at some point and i i think that's actually pretty realistic but how realistic is it if dame is playing like this well, yeah, that's always been the complicated thing around Damian Lillard is that he plays his ass off and he can carry a team to wins to a point where you're not quite in that win-loss position. It might get to 
you know, if things hit the side of the mountain here a bit in the next month or so, and we'll see where the, you know, the next handful of games go. But if you get to that point towards the end of the season and it feels like you're on the outside looking in and maybe there's two, three weeks left in the year, it's undoubtedly the right call at that point. You make up an injury, you shut them down for the rest of the season, and you get a lottery pick. Like, no matter how the rest of the year goes for me, I'm viewing, viewing it as a positive for the offseason because – if you don't make the playoffs, you keep your first-round pick. It's lottery-protected. And I'm still imagining and assuming that the Knicks are likely going to make the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. And so if you don't make the playoffs, you could have a lottery pick and a non-lottery pick. You're going to have two first-round picks in this year's draft that you can play with. And we'll get to the Cronin stuff in a minute of what he had to say Friday, but that's a great asset to have. The other part of it is if the thing, if the rest of the year goes fine, Lillard carries you, maybe some of these you know reddish and thiable hit, and Nurk comes back, and all of a sudden seems like he carries again, you make the playoffs, guess what? Your pick conveys to Chicago, and that nightmare scenarios out of the way and you still have New York's first round pick as well so no matter how the rest of this year goes they're going to be able to navigate it better in the offseason um, you know either it's with their first round pick or it's now conveyed fully to Chicago but I did like to hear Cronin acknowledge like hey if we get to a point and there's three weeks left in the season, and we're not going to make the playoffs, it makes no sense to continue to try and win. At that point, the best thing for your future is to up your draft odds. So here's Cronin. He had a uh, press conference on Friday. It was well after our show, and of course, Monday's usually just heavy Super Bowl stuff outside of our conversation on the GP2 trade. Here was Joe Cronin on what their plan was for the trade deadline. You know, our main goal throughout those transactions were how do we build for future rosters? you know, future seasons rosters where, you know, it goes back to some of the stuff we did at the last trade deadline, accumulate as many assets as possible in order to make a big push for high-end talent. Um, You know, last year's trade deadline was a little different because it was more, okay, we needed, we needed contracts and tools to even be able to pull that off, like trade exceptions and that kind of stuff. This time we were more in just asset acquisition mode get picks, get young players we like, um, get guys that hopefully can grow and build with us for this season and beyond. So, you know, nobody wants to do it because we've been tortured as a fan base, but I, I, I was disappointed with the trade deadline. I listened to the press conference. I walked away thinking the same thing, like, okay, well, we go into the summer and well, hopefully he makes the big moves. I don't I don't necessarily think it's fair for the fans or for media members to sit here and continue to project the Neil Olshay do nothing big and take big swing stuff onto Joe. Joe has had this job for about a year. I I'll give him the summer. The summer is my point though. Like that's mm-hmm. the it's not necessarily fair to him to hey, rebuild this in a year from where it was, which was a disaster handed to him. But that's kind of the timeline here because, as he notes here, they, they're on the Dame timeline, Dirt. We want to be championship level as soon as possible. So for us, you know, it's disappointing. Like, we want to get out there, and we would love to have a team out here tonight that is ready to rock. And we're borderline anxious to push all of our chips in. We can't wait till that for that moment to happen. It just hasn't come up yet. And, you know, it's my job to... Uh, be the voice of reason, to be very diligent, to not make a big mistake, to not get the wrong guy, to not overpay, to not um, give up on somebody that could eventually become a really good player. Like, I've got to be really smart about this because, you know, it's trying to thread a really thin needle here where, you know, we don't have room for error. We need to get this right. We want to maximize Damien's time. 
I I could be wrong on this. It feels like he's basically going to have to choose between Shade and Ant. At some point, you're going to get there in the offseason. If you want to make one of those kind of trades, it's going to be a difference maker. I you know I, I know we got one more to go here, but what I will say is I. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know if he's going to be able to accomplish the goals that he sets out for himself in the offseason. What I will say is when somebody in his position steps up on Friday, understanding the fan base is frustrated. We're all frustrated. Whether you trust Joe Cronin or not, we're all frustrated with the state of things, and we want the team to be better, and we want Damian Lillard to have a legitimate shot. Having somebody that stands up in that podium in that situation and is honest and shows a little integrity and says, yeah, look, we wanted to do, we're disappointed. Like somebody that's just not lying through their teeth and selling you a bill of goods is a breath of fresh air for me in moments like that when I'm frustrated as a fan. And and the more that I listened to that and the more that I had time to kind of gather your thoughts, again, we're all angry with what happened. I, I'm ultimately satisfied and happy that they didn't make a move to slightly improve the roster this year, giving up assets for no reason. Like like guys like Jared Vanderbilt, who we saw last night for the Lakers, he's a good player. Is he worth the first is he worth one of your first round picks? No. To trade for Jared Vanderbilt, no. right? But if you make that trade for Jared Vanderbilt, there's a certain portion of the fan base that says, Yes, we're doing something, but it's not gonna mean anything in the long run. Like trades like that are part of the reason we're in the problem we're in right now. Like You traded a first-round pick with these weird protection, protections for Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Jr. is a good player. He might help a team that needs one more piece that's a decent defender and rebounder and whatever. Like Maybe he is a missing link for a team like Boston or Milwaukee that needs one more player. He's not a missing link in Portland. He's not going to mean anything to you on your bottom line. Traded two first-round picks for Robert Covington. Robert Covington's an okay player. He's not the missing link for Portland to win an NBA championship. And so the, the more I've had time to kind of digest what happened last week, I'm sure they kicked the tires on OG Ananubi. They wanted, they wanted him for a long time. And if Toronto's asking for two or three first-round picks, like, hell no. He's not worth two or three first-round picks. That's essentially your all-in move. And to the point he was bringing up there, like, this is a tight window, man. You got, you're having to thread a needle because of the situation that he was handed. Damian Lillard is near the end of his career. You're not going to get to do an all-in move and then be like two years later, well, let's try again. You're going to get one or two trades at this. You're going to get one or two cracks at it, one or two bites at the apple, and it didn't make any sense to give up assets for a team that's not going anywhere this year. And so the pivot for them was how do we get more How do we get more future things that we can put into play as in draft picks and young players, and they went out and did that. So you mentioned OG Ananobi, right? Um, that was a piece a lot of people had tied to Portland around draft time. Mm-hmm. Would you trade the seventh pick and another pick and you know yada, yada, yada. He seems like the great player to have with a Damian Lillard, given what his position is. But what I would what I would say to people that were maybe expecting a move like that, I wasn't. I never was. That that that's a huge move. He didn't even get traded. Well, it would have been one thing if he got traded to another team. He didn't get dealt. Toronto held. But but that's my point. The Grizzlies need him more than Portland needs him. Yes, the Grizzlies do. could win a championship if they get yep. Dylan Brooks out of their lineup and find a better player for that position. Even they couldn't pull it off. So I, I can't look at Joe Cronin in Portland and say, well. You didn't give Toronto the farm. Memphis has draft capital out the yin-yang. They've got contracts to match. They couldn't do it. Toronto became kind of a buyer. They didn't sell any parts off. They saw Brooklyn trade off KD, and we thought, hey, maybe there's a pathway in the Eastern Conference. Maybe there is. Or, as I've said before, you need to root against Toronto because if Toronto flames out badly, that might be a position where you go, hey, uh, looks like you're hitting the restart button there. you got to... 
three and D wing who can handle the rock and get his own bucket, all NBA guy named Pascal Siakam. Sure. What's that price tag? You know, Mikhail Bridges in Brooklyn. What's that price tag? Yeah, that's what you're rooting for. Those situations are not go well the rest of the year. Yes, and 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 those are. I think that's kind of what they're looking for. And then it's just a matter of, do you keep Shaden? Like, if you're Portland, and I know I'm getting way ahead of myself here because none of this could happen. But <laughs> like, if you're Portland and you go find that piece and you go trade and you get that player, do you just start Shaden and you say, you know what, second year we're gonna he's gonna work through some ups and downs through the season again, and we've got some more veteran guys around him to mask for the the inefficiencies. Like, whatever that is, Joe's going to have to make that decision between Ant and Shade. I, I, man, unless there's a trade that inquires, that requires both of them, uh-huh. I, he's going to be stuck on, do I, do I trade the guy I just got on a good contract? Or I trade the guy that has a lot of potential that I drafted, but I, I also don't know what he's going to be. This goes, I mean, we've been having this conversation since draft day when they took Shaden Sharp. That was the first thought that popped into my mind of if he's good, it gives you the ability to trade Anthony Simon. Because well, it's naturally is. a weird thing. He's not going to stay on the bench and you don't no. want to start a 6'5 guy at the three. You got three guards. It's not going to work. We're not, oh, please, for the love of God, don't do the three guard thing anymore. Uh, didn't work with Josh Hart. And it's nice to have a little bit more size in the starting lineup with Cam Reddish and uh, Matisse Thybul. But I, I think that gets back to the point we were talking about in the last last segment though is that like that's what I'm looking forward to the rest of the season again I don't know if there's going to be a lot of wins around the corner for Portland the Lakers limped into last night they had no interest in playing in that game Dame was pissed I'm sure about all the stuff going on with GP2 he wanted to send a message but if you're looking for something to watch the rest of the year I think it was Hyken that said this last night on Twitter like Anthony Edwards was kind of this way in Minnesota, uh, not great, not not great necessarily in the first half. He was okay, and then in the second half of the season of his rookie year, he just popped. Like things just started to slow down, things clicked for him, and you could have that with Shaden Sharp. And that's why I mean, I jokingly said, play the guy thirty minutes a night, but that's what you need to accomplish the rest of the year. Play Shaden Sharp as many minutes as you can and find out exactly what you have, because then to answer your question, it's going to make it an easier decision. If he plays like he did last night, more consistently in the second half of the season, the answer is he. Immediately, you trade Anthony Simons and you put Shaden Sharp in that position because Ant's got a lot of lot of market interest because of his contract and his age, and he's a good young player. And so it's just it's going to give you the ability to have more flexibility in the offseason. But if you're looking for one thing to keep an eye on in the second half of the year, it is Shaden Sharp and the way that he plays and how he continues to develop. Bob Myers of the Warriors responds next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Late in the evening. A ridiculous statement said. And I'm We'll get to that coming up. Bob Myers talked yesterday. Oh, Bobby Myers. We didn't talk about the video, so there was one that went uh, that was out of GP2 sitting next to Mike Dunleavy, Portland's finest. Did you happen to anybody that watched that video? Did anybody notice the guy in the yellow glasses sitting in front of GP2? Uh, yeah, he keeps like playing with them on and off. On Can and we off, play the off. fun game of what drug is that guy on? 
And would you want to try it? I mean, he's got yellow glasses <laughs> with blue. It's a yellow frame with blue lenses. He's just going up and down. The, the, the glasses are on top of the head. He's going top, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. He's, there's like a couple of random claps in there. Takes a sip of a beer. Like, that dude is tripping balls. Well, you're the drug addict. What drug would you guess he was on? <laughs> the funny part, too, is that those have to be good seats, right? He's sitting. I, mean, I don't know where. It's kind of hard to tell exactly where that was on the floor. It's court. It's basically courtside. He's sitting in front of the injured player and, a you know, what's Dunleavy there? Assistant general man. I don't know what the hell his title is down there, but this guy, dude's got good seats. He's got money somehow. We pulled five cuts from Bob Myers' press conference, and not one of them was the most viral cut. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Odyssey. <laughs> An Odyssey stage. So, Bob Myers, I'm, I'm summing it up, but you can go find this. It's all over Twitter. Anthony Slater had it of uh, The Athletic. He was one of the people reporting on this GP2 trade nonsense. And um, Bob Myers was asked something to the effect of, like, when did you first, like, learn that you thought they had misled you? And Myers says, well... He played the night before against us, so. And I wanted to be like, <laughs> wait, what? So because he played against you, you just assumed he was 100% and there was no medical problem at all? I, I Look, I, I'm caping up for Portland here, and I don't need to. If they were wrong, we'd call it out. But I just don't know how an investigation with the agency stuff, with Josh Hart's comments, Dame's been here for years. He dealt with the same injury. Nas has dealt with that injury. Yeah. You have too many guys that have succeeded through their rehab process and are playing to just have one guy stand out, and it just happens to be the 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 malcontent who basically stole the money from the Blazers so he could go back to Golden State and duped me and many other fans that he cared. Uh, because of that, you think you're going to win some investigation? You accepted the trade. Like, Golden State, I got a lot of respect for as an organization. What they've established is is it's remarkable. Shut up, just shut up. Somebody put a funny ass picture on Twitter yesterday. Since they moved from Oakland to San Francisco, they've turned into Golden State Karens. Like they're just always whining and uh, uh, about us. Shut up. Do do any amount of research. Watch any other game on League Pass. And you would discover that this happened. He also implicated Larry Nance in the trade, which was like that what? came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's not even your team. Yeah, Larry Nance, we have it. It's documented. Larry Nance before he was traded started to get injuries. He started to miss games. It was documented he was injured. Did the New Orleans Pelicans file an investigation against the Blazers? Nope. Interesting. But the general manager of another organization is bringing them into his mess. I, again, I got a lot of respect. Shut up, you whiny little bees, man. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. It it is it, it's hilarious too because I like we're like a month removed from a GP2 press conference saying no, I'm not 100, percent but I got to gut through it, and this is the way it's going to be the rest of the year. Like he he legitimately said that. I Meringue quote tweeted it because he was the one that tweeted out the original video. Whatever it happened, sometime in December or January. And that was his quote after a game talking to the media. Like, I'm nowhere near 100%, but I'm cleared, and I got to go. I got to give it all for my teammates, which he evidently was not based on the evidence that has come out uh, since the trade deadline. But, like, he, he's on record himself saying, I'm still hurt, and I'm playing through it. 
at a press conference. He said it himself. <laughs> like, what, am, what am I missing? How did you not know that he was still hurt? Dirt, what do you th- – okay, so I was trying to think about this yesterday. What's the end goal here for Golden State? Like, we'll ask Sam this, and I, I wonder if he'll say what, what I was thinking. My guess – the only end game for me is that they just want some of that capital back. I think so, too. They want two of the yes. second-round picks back, and they, yep. they're trying to, hey, well, you guys fudge your information. We'll give you two second-round picks. You give us the other two back. I have seen zero evidence so far presented in the public court of law that is, you know, social media and opinions. <laughs> That's how we settle all things, man. I have seen zero zero evidence that he's has any case to be made here. I mean, he's going to have to prove that Portland misled him on the injury front. And I, I, I don't know what the, how do you prove that? I don't know. I don't know if there are text messages, emails, I, 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 I'm assuming they don't record their phone calls. So no, I don't know how you go about proving it, but that's what he's going to have to prove. There are specific medical documents that are supposed to be part of the disclosure for a trade that they did not provide or did not. But is it, a, it okay, so let's But then say, on that point, though, why isn't Golden State yeah. saying, hey, this guy's been banged up. Can we get a look at his medicals before oh, this trade goes through? Hold the hold the phone there, Bob. <laughs> Time Wait, out. That's a good point. Oh, wait. They just made him play in the finals <laughs> knowing he was injured. <laughs> What am I missing? What am I missing with this? He did get hurt and then came back in the finals. My only conclusion is they want a a second or two seconds back from like the 90 they traded because it's their only – it's their only real trade chips outside if they move on from a Draymond Green. That's my only thought of what the end goal is here for them because it's such a bizarre thing to to leak to the media – to have to change and walk back different parts of the story and then also go public and talk about without talking about how they misled you. I I just, I, what? Well, and the Larry Nance stuff on top of it is just completely out of left field. It makes no sense. He was holding DNPs before they traded him. It makes no, I mean, they were just doing that to do it. You weren't involved in that trade. How do you have any knowledge of what the conversations were about injuries, about what was said to New Orleans. New Orleans hasn't complained once about the way that trade was handled. Cronin has made multiple trades with different players. Never once has he been accused of hiding any sort of you know, injury information or not giving the other team proper information prior to making the deal. Like to throw New Orleans and Larry Nansen in that thing? I mean, that, that just reeks of sour grapes and desperation on their part. And guess who's going to play in the playoffs this year? Gary Payton the second, if yes. they make the playoffs. He's going to miss a month. They'll keep him out because they want him to get even more healthy because, oh, yeah, they remember he was hurt. And they'll keep him out for four weeks because they can get by without him. And then he'll show up like Garrett Blunt Civil War style. Hey, now's the time to trot you out here. Go hey, run over Lance Mitchell. Hey, easy. He served his suspension, okay? <laughs> All what it would have been. It had been in like 10 and a half games. 11 and a half games. <laughs> no, yeah, 10 and a half, I guess. I think he, he, played, Boise he, State, he played yeah. the Boise State game. But yeah. no, but it, jokes aside, that's that's what they're going to do. I, this is just what? This is probably about a draft a draft capital getting returned to them. Yeah. I maybe I'll be wrong. I just don't see it. I don't I don't see so far everything we know timeline wise. Sean Hyken put out a good timeline. I don't see where their argument is. And it's it's just weird. It's it's a weird story. We'll talk to Samus Findiari coming up an hour from right now and get his thoughts. Maybe he will offer perspective that we didn't think about. Sam is a good friend, so I don't want to be contentious towards him. I'm attacking him. Are you going to right out of the him? gate? Okay. Hey, what's the deal with your team, buddy? And he's going to laugh and probably go, I don't know. Uh, they want their draft pick back. I know. I won't do that. Uh, so we'll talk to Sam coming up at 830. We got the mail sack at 815. So get those questions in. 503-864-6326. That's 503-864-6326. But coming up next, 
one of the more ridiculous statements we've seen sent out yesterday. And you should be worried. That's next. Here's what they had to say. I want to get to a little bit of quarterback chatter coming up here in a moment. Oh, I love good quarterback chatter. Good quarterback chatter. Put some uh, some crackers in it, stir it around. Oh, oh, it's delightful. Warm. Also, what's the deal with this guy? We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, Mail sack coming up at 815 to get your questions and send them into the new fan text line. 503-864-6326. My phone is just like auto-recording right now. Uh-huh. I text somebody about a golf round it's like every time you or i talk it just starts texting in (laughs) my watch has done that more often where i'm randomly like turning siri on i don't know how and then it'll record what i'm saying and then be like let me help one time it sent a random text message with things that i was saying oh that's not good to a family member and a friend who i haven't seen in like 10 years and i'm like thank god i didn't say something that was not good did you say any? Did they text you back? The friend you hadn't talked to it. No, I think I was on the phone with my wife and saying something about like, oh yeah, I'll go check that out later. She was asking me to do something, and it was something along like, oh, let me go look into it, or I'll take care of it later. And that's what the text message that was sent complete, and it was in a group message. It sent it to them in a group message. I like the iWatch. I wear it because of health reasons, really, because I don't know. Like, why would I care about with the time? It's on my cell phone. Yeah, yeah. I wear it just for health purposes. You got to fill those circles, baby. You do. You got to close the rings. But, like, if we're being honest, I don't like using it for anything else. And I know this is an old fuddy-duddy take of mine. I've not evolved in the right way here. But does everybody like you like just leaning down and hitting a button <laughs> and talking into your watch? We kind of look like morons. We do, yeah. We and do. there's a little bit of the, I don't really want to use my watch for anything other than exercise and seeing what time it is. That's essentially all I use mine for. Yeah. And to not text people back because I read it on my watch and then mentally I texted you back. And then I don't have my phone near me, but I already acknowledge your text message. Like what world would I live in where I open Twitter on my watch instead <laughs> of my phone? Years. Never in a million years. But it, you can do that. You can open yeah. all these apps. Like I can click this button and I've got all of these apps. <laughs> And I'm like, why would I look up directions on my watch when I got a phone that I can plug to my car? Why would I look at my photos on my watch yeah. when they're bigger and clearer on my phone? Why would I open the MLB app? Hey, open up that app, baby. Let's check out some MLB facts. To read one little story, one one sentence at a time on my watch when I could do it on my phone. I'm, I bet they have a good article on there about how they're evolving the sport for better. The runner on second is here to stay, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the it is. The runner on second is here to stay. Not going anywhere. Yeah, the only thing I use my iWatch for is workouts to track those. And uh, I, I do like the ability, if I'm listening to music, to change songs and not have to take my watch or my phone out. Well, see, my watch is older than my phone, and it won't link to my phone, so uh, it's, it's useless in that way. Well, now you're, now you're And also, I think it lies about our exercise anyway. <laughs> it totally does. Because if I hit the golf button on exercise, I go golf around to golf and walk, it'll say, Oh, you burn 888 calories. <laughs> Look at you. If I do nothing, it says you burn 300. And I'm like, there's no way that difference is that wide. They're totally sugarcoating it. It's Yeah, it's ridiculous. They want you to fill your circles. Uh, so, yeah, we'll a little quarterback chat coming up. Let's get to a statement that was released yesterday. And on a scale of 1 out of 10 on the BS meter, where are we at on the 1 out of 10 scale? Uh, this statement was released, quote, The 10 Pac-12 universities look forward to consummating successful media rights deals. (laughs) Yes, they use that word. Consummating successful media rights deals in the very near future, based upon positive conversations with multiple potential media rights partners over the past few weeks. We remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and untied uh, in our commitment to one another. 
Um, why don't I'm, we just call it? Oh, is yeah, United. They mistyped this. Yeah, either the evil, either awful announcing mistyped it or the Pac-12 mistyped. Oh, the Pac-12 sent the tweet out. Like, there's an actual tweet from the conference just with that statement. And yeah, no, they did type it out correctly. It is United. And, awful announcing. Then did it untied. Awful writing. That, that it confused me greatly. Go read the responses. Just click the tweet and and scroll and have a lot of uh, laughs because there's the responses to it are pretty easy and. I don't know how your response is not the same to it. This is no different than the guy in your high school that says he's going to bring his smoking hot girlfriend from another school to the dance. And then when she, he doesn't show up with her, ah, she's not feeling good. It's the same thing. Oh, yeah, we're consummating with the media rights. We got it. Trust us. It's mid-February. We were told this was happening as soon as 2023 was happening. I went and listened to the Audible podcast. They had Nicole Auerbach on with Mandel and, and Feldman. I thought they made great points. I like Klyovkov. He seems like a good dude. Are we? What have we gotten from him? You guys into consummating things? You guys big consummators? I hope I consummate some sweet love today. It's <laughs> Valentine's Day, brother. Yeah. yeah. But you try and get your consummate on tonight? Are, are you not concerned that they're sending out statements? Oh, don't worry. We're, we're going to get a lot of money. But you're not getting the money. There was an article that came out last week in The Athletic saying that uh, the conference was having a very hard time trying to find willing partners to pay what the league wanted for it to pay. That was the report that came out last week. Sources within that conference have already leaked the the lack of confidence they have in their media rights deal. I don't care what any other sources are saying. When people working for the conference are leaking to media members that they're already concerned, another big part, and this was underrated, uh, that Auerbach made note of, they were pissed when the Big 12 got their deal because the Big 12, in their eyes, shortchanged themselves. They thought the Big 12 was going to get like $48 million. They were going to come close to the Big 10 and I think when you add it up, it's like $36, $37 million a year, which the Big 12, I guess, is fine with. The conference now is pissed because they've set the market. The Big 12 just got a team in the national championship game. <laughs> they did, yeah. I don't care losing Oklahoma, Texas. That wasn't either one of those schools. TCU is still in that conference. They set the market. What's the Pac-12 going to do here? And, you know, I, I just I think that's a fair thing to, to note of. They set the market at a certain number. I, I've been saying this, man. I just don't I don't see a world where it would make sense why a media partner of any type would pay the conference more than what the Big 12 is making. They're I, the yeah. desperate ones, not the media partner. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Big 12, with the moves they made last offseason, has some attractive brands. I think the, the Pac-10 still does. Um, you know, Oregon State's on the up and up. Washington has found themselves again. Oregon is a good national draw. They always have been. So there's still good products that you can promote. But when you're with 10 teams and everybody else has already inked their deal, this is not going to end well for the conference. We all know that. But we were told, we were told by the commissioner, by the way, because I, I want this to be fair, when he got here, that that's not – I don't care what they say about like, oh, no, this was fair market and the next deal is going to be bigger. We were teased when they hired this dude that they were going to rival the Big Ten and the SEC, that that was their end goal. And then they lost USC and UCLA. <laughs> Which absolutely they still have not recovered from. They were oh. blindsided by that move, and they didn't know how to pivot, and they still don't know how to pivot. And now they're going to hope and pray that Amazon gets desperate – that Apple gets into the game, that somebody gives them something, because right now they're just not very attractive. And I, 
I, I don't know what this is going to mean. I think the one good note I heard from Mandel was Kevin Warren going to the Bears was was the most underrated move for the conference right now. He was the one driving Oregon-Washington to the Big Ten. He's gone. So that doesn't appear to be that. Or, is Oregon going to be in this conference? I think Oregon's going to stay, but I still like say out loud, like, what's your, what's your deal? What is your media deal? To send out a statement like that, that's an embarrassing statement. And I mean, unless you back it up, which we, nobody has any confidence they're going to back it up, and that's why it's an embarrassing statement. You back it up by just do, Brett Yormark got hired from Rock Nation <laughs> and got a deal. Klyovkov got a head start on him on that job and still hasn't gotten a deal. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to necessarily compare the two because I do think they're in different spots. Like, he he lost his two big brands a year earlier and had the ability to go be aggressive and find new schools. Like, if if, if the roles were reversed... Well, that was more... That was Bowlesby that actually Oh, I know. I'm, I'm just saying as a conference for the Big 12, I think they were in an easier position. Like, if the roles were reversed and, let's say, USC and UCLA left the summer that Oklahoma and Texas did... I imagine that Klyovkov would have been more aggressive in saying, hey, let's go get a Houston. Let's go get a BYU. BYU. Let's go get a... He came here and BYU was there. He didn't... I believe they got introduced to the Big 12 after he had gotten hired and, as the well, I'm saying maybe that's the case, but they were also introduced because Oklahoma and Texas had a year-long heads-up start on where the Pac-12 already was. They left the conference the summer before. And so essentially, what I'm trying to argue is there's only a small number of other schools that make sense or are attractive, and I think the Big 12 scooped all of them up. Like, there's nobody else that's out there that makes any sense. And I don't think Cincinnati or Houston or BYU make a huge dent, but it's certainly better than than SMU. Yeah, it is. Or UNLV yes. or San Diego State. And so that, that's the only thing I'll defend him on, and I know all of it wasn't under his timeline. But if the roles were reversed, I do think the Pac-12 would have tried to go and say, hey, Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, the schools that the Big 12 ended up adding, would you like to come to the conference? And maybe they join the Pac-12, and we already have our television deal. It just He, he was under the the eight ball a little bit more so i will defend him on that but there's no doubt this is going to be a disaster uh and now how bad of a disaster will it be and we'll find out according to the pac-12 or 10 presidents whatever we'll find out relatively well soon. if you're oregon and washington you need to demand more money yeah. I, and i hate saying that as an oregon state fan but like you you guys are kind of the flag bearers of the conference at this point the brand the name recognition you win a big game you're vaulted to the top of the standings most of these other programs oregon state arizona state you name it, they win a game. They're not vaulting the way that those programs are. If you're those schools and this deal ain't going to be very impressive, I, I, if I'm Rob Mullins, I'm demanding more money per year than the other schools. I I bring more to the conference, not just on the field, but from a brand recognition standpoint. This is no different to me than Joe Cronin, George Klievkov. It's not necessarily fair to him, mm -hmm. but you got hired and you got put in a position where you needed to do something and do something quick. And, I'm, again, I still think he's a good commissioner, but it was asked yesterday. Like, there was a lot of big talking when this move was made, and they, they, didn't, they don't know how to pivot. They, don't, they didn't know how to pivot. When USC and UCLA said, we're gone, they didn't, they didn't know how to respond to that. That threw them way off. No, they did not. And I hate that we start the statement with the 10 Pac-12 universities. Look, let's just call it the Pac-10. What are we doing here? All right, let's just call it the Pac-10. Move on, and uh, we'll see what the TV deal does. But the the board members, the Pac-12 conference board members, released a statement saying that uh, in the very near future, they look forward to announcing their successful uh, media rights deals with multiple media partners having conversations over the last week. Uh, one other quick Pac-12 note that was big as of this morning, and what's the deal with this guy? That's next. All right, a little quarterback chatter coming up top of the hour. Also, mail sack at 815-503-864-6326. That is the new fan text line. Get your questions in. 
503-864-6326. And in the final hour, Sam Esfindiari, good friend of the show, covers the Warriors. He's going to hop on and uh, give us a lowdown from their side of things on the whole GP2 saga in this newfound Blazers versus Warriors beef. Yeah, is there a, is there a side? Or is he going to – Sam's pretty might not be, yeah. level-headed. Like, he might come on and say – I don't understand why they're making this such a big deal. He's on the Warriors now, and he'll play when he gets all the way healthy. Yeah. Uh, one other quick football note, Pac-12 note, that I wanted to get to because it is interesting. Second time this has happened this offseason. Another coordinator is staying put despite interest from other universities, and that is uh, Utah's offense coordinator Andy Ludwig. Now, this came out late last week, early weekend. I can't remember exactly when that he was going to fly to South Bend and interview for Notre Dame to be their new offensive coordinator. But uh, it was reported this morning, um, his, you know, the buyout, the, all that kind of the obstacles Notre Dame didn't want to go through. He's he's returning to Utah. When did Notre Dame get cheap? This is an embarrassing look for Notre Dame. Really embarrassing. So it's a $2 million buyout. They can't afford to pay $2 million to get an offensive coordinator that's going to, who, by the way, is a really good offensive mind, turn their offense around. I think it's one of the reasons Brian Kelly left. As much as I hate Brian yeah. Kelly, he got to, I mean, they, they pinch pennies around there. Why? I don't know. But they, they pinch pennies. Maybe it's a Catholic thing. I don't know. Am I? Trying to find conclusion. I don't know why Notre Dame would be cheap. It doesn't make any sense. I ain't touching that statement. <laughs> I'm not Catholic. I have a job I, with a Catholic institution. I ain't going there. I don't. I'm not Catholic. There's this, know. You know what I did not know? This what? is really stupid. Let's walk out of that sentence. <laughs> I didn't know Gonzaga was a Catholic school. Yeah. Yeah. Most. I had no clue. Yeah. There's a high school there too. In My Spokane. niece plays in a little Catholic uh, like basketball league, yes. and they, w- they were playing at a school that had like flags of all the Catholic high schools and colleges mm-hmm. up. And I'm like Gonzaga. I had no clue. Is your niece Catholic or no. is she just playing in a league? Just playing in a Catholic oh, league. Good for her. Let's go CYO baby. I love that. So you got to do. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think I. I have no idea why they're choosing to not pay two million dollars for a buyout. Most. Yeah, when did they get? I, I, they they kind of always have been. They, they've always operated under a certain level. But, you know, Brian Kelly, hate him or like him, I tend to hate him. Hell he, of a coach. He made the right business decision. He coached way above what they should have done. And I don't know if Mark, Marcus Freeman could be a great coach. I'm going to be fair there. But, yeah, I look at him now. He's at LSU making a ton of money. I don't know where you pivot if you're Notre Dame, but this was good news for Utah. I was happy for Whittingham. Uh, you don't want to lose your offensive coordinator. I know, you know, a lot of programs, whether you're top level, mid level, or mostly bottom, you get a good thing going. You don't want to lose those assistants, man. It's it's He's been the, there a long time. It's the one thing that I would say for your program that kind of sucks is that when you win or you got the notoriety and you're a brand, people kind of want to steal your juice. And it's the one saving grace I have for Oregon State. Nobody wants our juice. It's our juice. It's orange juice. It's delicious. Stay away from our juice. Well, you lost your running back coach this offseason. Yeah, that pissed me off. <laughs> you lost your offensive line coach, and you're like, I don't really care. If I lost my offensive line well, coach, I, I think their season would suck. To be fair, I don't know if our offensive line coach was any good. Your offensive line coach has at least proven to be good. So it would upset me more if he if he had been there for five years and recruited and developed his own guys, and you're like, damn, this guy's really good at what he does. Right. Then it's thing. He was there for a year. It was one year. I know, but the coaching carousel sucks, and it, it's terrible for programs. Utah's been able to uh, avoid this for years. I thought Ludwood was gone because I think the report came out on Thursday that he was sniffing around and that it was Notre Dame flying him out. He went to a hockey game reportedly with uh, uh, Marcus Freeman. But if it, if it boiled down to $2 million 
Like, no wonder Tommy Reese left for Alabama. $2 million, you couldn't go get your OC? Right. That's, that's a bad look for Notre Dame this morning. He has. Uh, Andy Ludwig, by the way, uh, he played college football at uh, Portland State. Did you know that? I did. Did you know that? Fun go fact. Vikings. Fun fact. He has been at Utah. Uh, God, I thought I was longer than that. He's only been there since 2019. Why do I feel like Andy Ludwig's been there longer than that? Uh, I forget where he was before Utah. But Vanderbilt. We knew, yeah, we knew the name when in he Wisconsin. got yeah. He was at Wisconsin for a year as their OC, or two years in 13 and 14, so. He's been around a little bit. He's Oregon offensive coordinator many, many, many yeah. moons ago, 2002 to 2004. So he's bounced around a long time, but still, really, uh, it's good news for Utah. He's a big part of what they do offensively. Their quarterback's back, all that. And so Andy Ludwig returning to uh, Utah. I didn't get to get my uh, my what's the deal with this guy. I want to get to that in the final hour of the show because it was kind of a big story out that's kind of flying under the radar for some. I want to talk about a little quarterback chatter. I want to get to that in the final hour. The mail sack coming up at 815-503-864-6326. That is the fan text line. And uh, at the bottom of the hour, we'll go to Sam as Fendiari to talk a little Golden State Portland beef. All that to come. Loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and spray on.